We've put on the table over $1 billion of military aid, ranging from M777s, that's heavy artillery, uh, to armored vehicles, to cameras for drones, to winter clothing, to fragmentation vests. It's really a comprehensive effort to provide Ukraine with the equipment and material that it is requesting and that it needs to fight and win this unjustifiable war. That is Defence Minister Anita Anand talking about support for Ukraine. She was on our show on Wednesday. That was one of the topics that we discussed. And there is a lot of talk today about the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion of Ukraine and continuing discussion about what Canada is doing to help and whether or not we could be doing more or perhaps doing things differently. Well, our next guest feels there is something very specific we could be doing. John Iveson is a columnist at the National Post and has written about this. Thanks for joining us this morning. Morning. Uh, now, tell me about some of the discussions you've had with some soldiers. They've got some thoughts on what we could be doing, don't they? Yeah. Well, one one guy in particular, a Canadian veteran called James Chalice, who's been in uh, Ukraine for almost a year now. Um, he, I spoke to him last week, and he was saying this is a drone war. You know, these aerial unmanned vehicles are for the first time, really. I mean, they've been in, they've been present in other wars, but they are now integral to everything that the both sides are doing and the ukrainians apparently have requested specifically that we that canada supply canadian made drones and we have not done so and uh, when i spoke to people in government they said well we had discussions about it last year but they didn't go anywhere there didn't seem to be the same level of uh, urgency on the canadian side as there was certainly from the ukrainian side and why do you think that is john I think the, the government took a lot of persuading that it, this was a war, that lethal aid was required. I mean, it, it, there was no lethal aid committed until the invasion, um, despite the fact the Ukrainians have been asking since 2014 for, for Canada to, to supply weapons. Uh, we, were, we were very strong on the, the training front. We had people in Ukraine training the, the army, and that proved to be extremely important. But we didn't supply weapons until uh, the invasion took place. Even then, I mean, if you listen to the clip you just played on of Anita Anand, of the things that we did supply, we supplied 39 LAV armoured vehicles without guns and without turrets. Um, we supplied cameras for drones. We've supplied winter clothing. On the lethal aid, which was, you know, sort of laterally, they were persuaded to send four howitzers, four tanks. I mean, of all of the 80-plus tanks that we've got, many of them are not... Um, serviceable or certainly not useful overseas and we've sent four and I think a lot of people raise their eyebrows here can Canada only afford four tanks um, we sent ammunition that we bought and, and one particular big purchase was that was a uh, an air defense system which I think it came in at somewhere around 400 million dollars so it's not like we have done nothing but um, you know when you look at the, the, the donor nations Canada's pretty well up there uh, because you include things like soft loans and you include things like uh, immigration. When it comes to military aid, we're not particularly impressive in what we supplied. Right. You mentioned that the Ukrainian government has specifically requested a particular type of drone from Canada. What is so special about this drone? Well, I, I, I'm told, I mean, I'm not a drone expert, but I'm told that the, the drone that's produced in Waterloo, Ontario, it was a, a Canadian company with, that was bought by a big uh, U.S. defense company, uh, a couple of years ago for, for a lot of money. And the reason they paid the, the money was because this Sky Ranger drone is considered one of the best 
sort of multi-rotor systems. It's, it's, um, I mean, it gets a little bit complicated. It's not that this drone is as weaponized as some of the others. I mean, some of these drones are actually mini fighter aircraft. This is not the case with this one, although it can be weaponized. But I think it's just particularly good when it comes to surveillance. Uh, it can it can see through clouds and whatever else. I mean, the, the soldier James Charles that I was speaking to said, you know, we don't move anywhere unless we've had drone surveillance. He said, this is a drone war. Every drone is armed. They're used every minute, every every day. Most dro- deaths are from drones, either directly or from corrective fire from mortars. I mean, if you've got a drone in the air and you see that your mortars are not landing where they should be landing, then you can correct that. And he says these things are now absolutely crucial to both sides. And so so we have this technology. So we have this almost like edge and drone technology and we're not exploiting it. Does it feel like that? That's what it feels like. I mean, um, you know, the, the government have made a big deal about the fact that it responds to the list that Ukraine gives it. Uh, we saw that when they supplied $100 million worth of um, Senator Armour cars. The, uh, apparently Ukraine requested them, we sent them, or we're in the process of sending them. But for whatever reason, drones have not appeared, they have appeared on the Ukrainian list, they haven't appeared on the, the list of things that Canada has committed to, and it's not clear to me why that is. Do you think, is there a possibility this could change? Do you think this is something that the government is even aware of? Yeah, very much aware of it, and I think it will change, yeah. I do think that they're, they're going to be... Uh, perhaps pressured into doing something they don't particularly want to do. Um, I mean, part of this is the fact that uh, Canada's military is not uh, overflowing with great equipment. I mean, that's part of the reason that the the Department of National Defence has been loath to part with some of the stuff that it's got, including some of its best tanks. It's like we'd be giving Um, away things that we don't even have for ourselves. Right. I mean, when it came to the... uh, defense system, the air defense system, which we're sending to Ukraine, we, the DND has been calling for that same system for years and without success. So it's a, it's a very large bureaucracy. They're not particularly good at buying things quickly and cheaply. And I think the, the feeling is that if we give it away, then we won't get, we won't get it back for a long time. So, you know, there are, there's a number of strands going on here. It's just not a particularly responsive bureaucracy. And, um, you know, again, maybe maybe there's a feeling that why should we be sending drones when we don't even have them ourselves? Yeah. John, thanks for telling us about it this morning. Okay, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. John Evson is a columnist at the National Post. Uh, you can read more at the National Post website for sure, but this issue of the drones and what Canada's technology is capable of and what we are not kind of using to send abroad, it is an interesting one. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.